The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty Podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? Hope you're looking after yourselves, staying well, um, keeping warm, just generally being your fabulous self. Today I chat with actor, writer Annabelle Logan. We discuss everything horror, we talk about Annabelle's new film that she's just completed filming and um, what that was like being a first time mum, being away from her little one for that first job back in and actually the importance of that for every for her um and for her little one too and I think it's really wonderful that Annabelle shares this with us on today's podcast and we also talk about drama school and doing a master's and having a quote-unquote backup plan that lots of um parents or guardians like us to have um but, you know, most of us are just holding on by our fingertips and going for it. Another brilliant episode with another gorgeous human being. You can follow us on all social media. Twitter at Persistent Nasty. Instagram at Persistent and Nasty. Facebook Persistent and Nasty. Send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. If you can, and I know that times are tough, we are forever grateful to everybody who financially supports us. As most of you know, we are unfunded um, in all the work that we do, not just the podcast, but the advocacy work as well. Um, so if you can donate us the cup of a, the price of a cup of tea, I should say, um, the link is in the description notes for our PayPal. For today's episode, ooh, Annabelle's so like, just got so much zest so maybe something citrusy or a little prosecco or um oh i don't know something fruity pineapple juice apple juice coffee beer wine vodka or you know you can always just have a good old cup of tea sit back relax and enjoy Annabelle Logan, welcome to the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been oh, very honoured. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited to get to chat to you. Um, before we get properly started on today's episode, why don't you give our listeners a potted history of you, your path into this industry, your passions, all of the above? Oh my. Okay. So, um, my way in I think so I, I did the kind of classic I, I had gone to uni and I was like obviously 
I didn't do anything to do with drama at uni. I was just obsessed with doing drama um, and acting um, and lots of other stuff. I loved musical theatre. So I think weirdly that sort of kickstarted a bit for me. But um, I, after... Musical theatre is a lot of people's kind of like... (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? It's funny. I think it kind of, it really... For me, it helped me so much just get into that. I don't feel I do it so much anymore, but I I miss the singing. <laughs> so, yeah. So after uni, I was like, oh, I still would love to do this. Much to, much to my mother's um, horror, I think. She was always like, never go, like, you know, or get a good degree first, you know, that, that sort yeah. of thing. So, yeah, the, uh, have the backup plan. Exactly. So I did that. And then I was like, nope, still, still want to go to jam school. <laughs> so I did. Um, and I was only there for a year. I just did a master's. But um, yeah, it, that was, gosh, that was oh, 2008. So it's been a long time. And I've done all sorts of stuff since I've gone off professional stuff. I've come back to it. It's been very, as you say, it's potted, you know, and um Every time I come back to it, I, I know I come back with so much more I want to do. So, yeah, it acting for sure, my main bread and butter, if you will. But um, writing short comedy content, trying to write more like long form films um actually kind of get into that horror thing. Um and yes, singing, making music, you know, just when you you just want to do as much as you can. <laughs> and you have that, I definitely have that kind of, or maybe perhaps did more have that intense need to be like, I must be creative, which is exhausting. And um, I'm probably talk a bit more about it later of how I feel like that's calmed a lot since uh motherhood has kicked in really Mm. but um yeah we'll get to that so that's not a very it's not a very specific uh history of me but I've been here for a long time and I've been doing all sorts of stuff from your theatre to your film to your singing to your whatever so that's it though isn't it like I think um there's this kind of preconceived idea I think when people think about um actors and stuff that they assume that it's a really linear path and that you do just one thing and everything kind of falls into place and there isn't like kind of something about from different role and when I say that I don't mean a role in a play I mean a role within the industry absolutely yeah for most of us you know like as you say we've got to make our money in the ways that we do but using our creativity still yeah absolutely and you know it's a classic thing to say but when you are a performer you're developing those soft skills (laughs) so hard so you're you really are just very you know flexible and adaptable and you have to be so I know it's a very cliche thing to say but um it's nice when you learn to make your peace with that and you know you're not suddenly like oh but I'm not acting right now therefore I'm not full you know and that that's obviously not true at all I mean I there's not very many people at all that are running from one job to the next job. So, you know, you're just doing what you need to do. And uh, it makes you so much more. I'd like to think it makes you so much better as well. You know, you're stronger, you're you're um, you're learning more. You're just like out in the world. And that's what you've got to do, isn't it? If you're if you're particularly if you're, you know, performing or building a character and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I think as well, um, Valerie Edmund said it on a podcast she was on a few months ago and um, just talking about that thing of you're always an artist, even if you mm-hmm. are not doing your your art, mm-hmm. you are still that artist. It's still in you. It doesn't go away. Oh, excuse me. Barking on the <laughs> Lovely. Um, but it, do- it doesn't leave you. No. Yeah, that's a big thing that I, um, you know, got had to keep reminding myself particularly during pregnancy and um you know even this this year of you know having a a little one running around you know um yeah you're 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 pausing and you're um especially in pregnancy I found that very weird because I naturally was like to my agent I don't think I'll be able to do much (laughs) while I'm so heavily pregnant and uh, there was one rule she put me up it was like a commercial for a pregnant lady and um, I was only about 12 weeks in so I was I wasn't showing you know and uh, (laughs) I was like are you sure she's like yeah they're looking for like an earth mother type and um, I (laughs) kind of had to film myself and I was like no I just look I just look a bit bloated (laughs) so you know it was uh, it was not to be but um, it it was interesting it was that kind of feeling of like having to take that breath and say okay I'm not going to be running around you know dodging explosions anytime soon Um, I'm not going to be running off on tour anytime soon Um, but it's it's all right and I will be okay with that and um yeah it's a wonderful learning curve it's it's helped me I think be a much more at peace with that side of things for sure <laughs> yeah finding that peace is so important for mm. like just generally for your mental health your well-being all of those things just to be able to move and um, where did you do your master's Annabelle that was at East 15 ah yeah yeah way down down London way and yeah it was it was a tricky one because I by the time I finished, you know, a, a degree, I'd done a four-year master's in <laughs> classics of all things. It, I'd never gone, I'd never even done classics in school. You know, like in Inverness, it's not like they're like, yes, classic, that vital thing that you must learn. Um, <laughs> so I think it was more kind of, it was a kind of uh, balance again with with my mom being like, mm, I don't want to mm. jump into drama school. And I was like, well, I will do this. <laughs> so she seemed fine with that. Um, so by the time I finished that, I couldn't a big thing afford to go to do a three-year, four-year yeah. drama course. Um, and I just was like, that'll be another four years of my life, you know, yeah. studying. So the master's for me was perfect. But in hindsight, I do wish I had perhaps lent in a bit more to kind of, I don't know, I felt the master's was a little bit too short, you know, and you maybe didn't experience what you might you know kind of absorbing yourself into the industry it was very much like right so this and this and this and then you kind of get put out the other side and then you you kind of wish you had had more time to say get to know other artists to kind of get to know what's happening and especially being down in London I was kind of away from all the wonderful stuff going up in Scotland and um yeah so in hindsight I you know obviously I was so young I was like in my early 20s um I would have loved to have maybe spent more time, you know, doing things. And it's, it's definitely, it's definitely fine now. Cause I think, you know, you're hopefully as anyone who's creating, you're learning on the job all the time, you know, you're never going to stop getting 
something new and exciting you know and you're like you know even just revisiting things you thought you knew <laughs> like in my last sort of project I was like I'm gonna do this really like properly I'm gonna write down you know build a character from scratch do all that stuff all that prep that you always do in drama school and it was brilliant and I loved it and I got it I felt like I, it took me a long time to almost mature into like really understanding why those things are important so that was a joy for me and I was like oh I mean maybe I did learn some stuff <laughs> you know in that year um but yeah I kind of I wish we had done more of kind of the boring stuff you know tax returns and uh you know I don't think anybody does that, that I don't think they do I and it's so important <laughs> it's so important and I think I mean I know myself when I graduated I didn't have a clue mm-hmm. I was like mm-hmm. And I don't, I actually don't know if anybody, so if anybody has and they want to tell us, let us know, because it's like, it, yeah. that stuff is really important because you kind of go out into the industry and you're like, cool, and you might be lucky enough to get a job straight away, no matter what that job is, but you're getting yeah. that job as a self-employed person and you're like, okay, cool, I'll just do it. But you don't realise all the other things that you need to register mm. and do and then about doing your tax. And if you don't fill it in in time, you will Absolutely. get a fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's it's part of the job and uh, I, I do think there should be much more put onto that and, and whatnot. And yeah, yeah, it'll be really interesting to hear if, if it's changed a bit um, since our days in definitely studying. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Something else that you said there, which I think is so important for everybody to just kind of re-remember um, that sense of you never stop learning as an artist and you never should either. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. sense that, and I think Britain is quite, bad for that and I see Britain as the whole that sense of you go to drama school and then that's it that's you you're done and mm-hmm. um, you've done your training so that's it whereas in America I think because a lot of people obviously can't afford to do the three-year thing because it's I mean we think it's bad here but it's extortionate there yeah yeah um, so it's all classes and they're constantly at class and they're constantly pushing themselves and I think here that kind of sense of Oh, you're doing a workshop. All oh, right, you're doing. A- yeah. Rather than that being a positive, it's a bit like a negative. Absolutely, you're so right. You've hit that on the head. I think you know. Um, and I definitely think for a while, I I had that kind of that uh, almost attitude as well through my twenties. I I was like, oh, but if I go back and do that, then how can I be professional? You know, that kind of feeling. And actually. I, you get so much joy out of rediscovering things and you know because you're always changing through life you're you're always going to be like adapting to different things you 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 know you become more mature you learn more things and you can put that to your training and it's great to come back to it and refresh and say wow you know like I have so much more life experience now this you know for example acting character building all that that makes so much more sense to me now um being you know much older and going through so much already so yeah I think it's brilliant and if you can do it I you know I even in during my mat leave just now I'm off doing like ad hoc singing lessons because I missed just the technicality of someone being there helping you warm up properly helping you just sort of tweak little bits and pieces and it's it's great you just you feel a bit I felt alive it sounds so cheesy but um it's not cheesy at all I totally get yeah it was a lovely experience and it brought the joy back to why we want to do these things and that's you know if you lose that which 
I think you you go through periods sometimes where you do lose it and you're like you know you if you don't have that joy in you then you're gonna you're just gonna be miserable <laughs> and you're not gonna want to just sort of it becomes so much more of an anxiety thing and you're just like you start to stress much more about things like castings and you know you're almost trying to like fit yourself into little boxes and say but maybe if I had this kind of haircut then I would suddenly be put up for castings and it gets it just sucks everything wonderful about what you're doing out so yeah it's so good when you can find that joy and hold on to it because that's what we want to start with right (laughs) absolutely I mean I know myself like probably my late 20s really early 30s like the kind of could feel the bitterness starting to sneak its way in mm-hmm. of you know not maybe not working as much seeing other people working over and over again and just that thing and I remember just kind of some I can't remember the exact reason why but I know that I had a moment of you have a choice here but you yeah. can be that really bitter actor that it's not worked out for in whatever way shape or form whatever that is whatever success is yeah um, or you can embrace all the brilliant things that you have and just keep going with that. And I really remember making that clear choice. Nice. Yeah. And it was yeah. so great because then I fell back in love with why I wanted to do this in the first place. Yeah. Isn't it? It's great. I think I had very similar experiences and there was, it was, it was the same age, actually, late twenties, early thirties, had that real kind of crisis moment. Um, And, you know, even just down to, you know, why am I not, you know, I don't always, I don't really go on a much social media. Like I do find, I I just don't really get Twitter, (laughs) Um, you know, so I don't usually go on It's also a cesspit. Oh man, you know, if you get stuck in a Twitter hole, then... You get in the wrong algorithm. It's horrific. (laughs) It is. Yeah. So it's sort of, I feel much healthier and happier, you know, taking a step back from it. But it's when you you start to feel that bitterness and almost towards your fellow peers as well. And you're like, you know, why am I not? I want to be doing that. You know, why am I not doing that too? And, you know, it, it you just become this really sort of sad, miserable person. And it, it's so lovely when you consciously break away from that because now I'm like, I love hearing what my friends are doing and genuinely it's not like a I love it you know <laughs> it's true I, it's sort of something really shifted and I want to go see their shows I want to support them and I think sometimes there was a little bit if I'm honest you know in previous times particularly in 20s you know I was like oh I don't want to go and see their show because then I'll just wish I had what they have you know and it was not a good way of thinking and um, oh it's lovely just to feel that freedom again and just enjoy that so and as you say the total joy you feel for either your friends or your fellow peers that they're working and they're happy Mm -hmm. like that's Mm -hmm. like you know that to be able to 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 genuinely go I am so happy for you yeah it's it's definitely that thing of like you know lift each other up it's hard enough this career without us all kind of and then that definitely comes from drama school as well that's pitted you know you're started like that kind of sense Mm -hmm. of you know especially if you do three years, like your first year, it's like, okay, great. You all get to be an ensemble. Second year's things start to shift. And then third year, they're like, you're not an ensemble anymore. You're all individuals and you need to start like 
think about each other as competition and your brain is like what why when did that happen yeah it's that's a really interesting point as well yeah you you're you're kind of set up to compare 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 and you know it took me a long time to really believe that phrase of we're all on our own paths but it's so nice to know like yes there's some wonderful success from someone else and you're like oh that would have been amazing if I could have done that too but you're like just wasn't in my path and that's nice just to let that go and say but there's gonna there is something on my path that I'm gonna do that no one else is gonna end up doing and that's amazing as well and yeah yeah oh it's getting very uh <laughs> chill vibes here yeah, it's good, it's good. um so Annabelle obviously like um you were part of the end series that actually both mm. Louise mm. and I were in and our uh, little sunshine um Misha Yes. little sunflower Misha um so your episode obviously of the end I loved because I loved the like 1950s housewife vibe of it yeah, it was yeah. very like that kind of like the costume and everything and that was like because it was never quite you know it's sci-fi the end horror thriller mystery which I loved and I loved just seeing the amount of talented women in Scotland mm-hmm, totally just, really beautiful um started by the brilliant Claire Duffy um yeah so tell us a little bit about that and then um, let's chat about your new film yeah yeah so um it was such a great when I saw that Claire was kind of you know looking for people to write and make some really interesting content um for the end and it was very open, wasn't it? It was, there was, there ended up being a rough kind of structure that we mm-hmm. kind of started to follow, but initially it was like, just do what you want, you want really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, it was during lockdown, so we were all a bit more kind of free. And I I wanted to write something that wasn't just short form comedy, which I had done a lot of, I'd done like, um, quite a st- lot of st- like short stuff from the BBC and I'd gone to a, um, kind of a big thing they'd done fast and funny which was years and years ago but it was kind of a mentorship essentially um, and I was like no I want to write something that might be funny but isn't necessarily about you know grabbing someone in the first five seconds and da 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 um, so I I wanted something that was a little bit sci-fi I'd never written anything sci-fi before um but I obviously wanted it kind of wrapped into this real kind of story about a woman who was struggling with intimacy um and she was she was almost so uptight um she was presenting herself as you say like very 1950s um, she had her like cook show, <laughs> um, like YouTube cook show, but um, it was all very 50s-esque. And she had this, you know, trying, wanting to show off this very perfect kind of polished look. Um, but she was really struggling with opening up and just being intimate and being herself. Um, so it was just a little bit about that. And um, bless my partner, I <laughs> roped him into kind of being my actual partner in it. Um he was lucky he he was very glad there was no lines really for him because um, <laughs> he's like I don't like my voice <laughs> I don't want to hear myself oh. I really want to see his bless him so oh man he he was great he he just went for it with me um 
so yeah, that's kind of where it, it started. And then it kind of had this kind of wrapped into this weird sci-fi world. And I actually made a second one that expanded a bit on that, which you learn that she's basically what she thought was a nuclear bunker um, ends up be, being a, a kind of test site. And she's part of this experiment to do with a chip that kind of gets in, interlinked into lots of little end episodes um, ended up being that way. And she ends up meeting another character from another episode. And, you know, you, you can find it. I won't, I won't spoil anything, but yeah. Oh, don't worry, it'll go in the show notes. of the- Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was basically kind of what I wanted to explore. And I sort of was like, oh, my gosh, I, I love writing, you know, a bit of sci-fi, a bit of horror, suspense. Um, these are things I've never really, you know, tried out before. Um, and I feel like it's it's quite a, a cool genre. There's so much you can do with it and explore. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. And your latest project is called Wolf Door. And yeah, um, technically untitled still. Technically I, untitled. So technically who knows untitled. it to change? Yeah. No, it, yes, it's subject to change. And um, that's the producers being like, we don't know yet. So um, all I'm going to call it now is the untitled door film, <laughs> which sounds brilliant. <laughs> But yes, yes, that is my my latest project. And tell us about it. And then, because I know, um, because you've mentioned it to me, that it's your first um, job back after having your baby in February. Yes. So we can chat about the kind of, the joys, the challenges of being a mum with a little one and how that works. So yeah, Untitled Door Project. (laughs) Catchy title. This is your second horror, right? It is. It is my yeah. second horror um, by Graham, who is the writer. Um, we've ended up, we've kind of, it's funny, it's that thing where you have someone that you kind of keep coming back and forth to. You just keep finding each other. We actually ended up doing this BBC scheme together as well without knowing the other had applied for it. Things like that. And we had done a feature, oh my gosh, a, lot, a long, long time ago that wasn't a horror. Um so yes, so the second one that he's he's written, um, and it's it involves two documentary filmmakers. One of them um, I play called Sam, and um, we are investigating a strange video of uh, essentially a, a young woman has gone through a door and disappeared. And obviously, when we find it, we're very cynical and skeptical and very much like oh well she's clearly just skipped town you know (laughs) um she's got debts to pay (laughs) but as with you can imagine a horror film it might not actually be Mm -hmm. fake after all so um we go on exploring and strange things start to happen involving this door um and yeah it was it was so much fun to film um it was like much more active as well than the last horror film and I got to even like run around and give up give my best blood-curdling screams you know things you just want to do yeah. <laughs> um, the, the I remember screaming giant this giant scream it was in an abandoned building in Glasgow and there was just like you know high rises by it and you know after the scream you got someone being like we're fine <laughs> we're okay uh, nothing's <laughs> going on which in a way almost sounds more suspicious yeah, but it totally does. <laughs> everybody's like what is going on uh-huh. in okay. <laughs> so, yeah that was a that was a fun time but um Graham's great for letting me 
you know, he, he's good at just allowing me a bit of input, you know, it becomes a collaboration and he obviously writes the script, but he is very happy for me to kind of have thoughts and suggestions. And I even picked the wallpaper for the, the kind of flat that we were, that was my flat was Sam's flat, you know, and he was like, you know, you might have a good insight as to what, pick, you know, what she might pick. And I was like, that's great. Like, that's, that's fun. You know, you get to really immerse yourself in that, in that character creation. Um, yeah. Be, though. Collaboration is, I think, the best way to make art, whatever your, whatever version Mm-hmm. of the art it is because yeah we're all in it together right trying to create the best yeah that's it you just want the best thing and it's exciting and um oh we had so much fun it was just it was a very intensive shoot we we shot the main stuff in not um you know all in like one day after the other but over six days five six days wow we filmed a feature (laughs) Um, which is obviously very intensive luckily it's um it's that kind of mockumentary style so you can get away with quite a lot you know just being a bit rough around the edges is what it should be um so that that was great and it meant I could sort of be behind the camera sometimes and you know be doing my thing so yeah but it's it's a lot like I think our biggest our biggest day we got through 20 pages which when you think is yeah insane and I I think by the end you by the third day in that's when hysterics kick in you know (laughs) um so my uh, (laughs) listeners could see my face I'm like you got through 20 pages in a day yeah yeah we we maybe gave it about max three takes each time um and um <laughs> there was some moments I was like Are you sure that's okay like is that okay you know and I had to trust Graham that he's like that that's absolutely fine that looks great um and luckily as well he's a one he's an absolute whiz you know with things like editing or he has such a good vision he knows like how that will blend into another thing and he's got all that going on in his head um but yeah that's where the kind of getting you have to know each other so well <laughs> to to make it work and luckily mm-hmm. we do and I knew most of the cast that were also in it from previous things so that was also really helpful you know just kind of jumping straight in a little bit but yeah it's a proper baptism of fire you know just gotta d- go for it <laughs> yeah that really is and I want to obviously chat about what that was like that kind of intensity mm-hmm. um, when you've got a little one as well mm-hmm. um, but th- before I do ask you that question just that sense of like horror as a genre and when you're we're making horror do you think there's a little bit more freedom in that and a bit more I don't, a bit more play I guess is the word I'm kind of looking yeah. for I think so. I think you can play around with it. And it's such, I think with horror, because most people know what a horror trope is. And then when you can really start subverting tropes, you're not going to go completely, you know, too off the grid because everyone kind of understands what the the rules are, I guess. Mm. So it's that kind of classic thing of knowing the rules and then you can play more with it, um, which is certainly what we did. And because it's a bit more fantastical um you can yeah the hardest thing I think was 
there were moments, you know, where you have to obviously like imagine things that aren't there, um, which is always a interesting, you know, it's like f- film is like the way it is really. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like, and now there's a giant, uh, like a creepy dystopian figure looming over a building and you have to freak out and scream, you know, that that's interesting, um, but very exciting uh, to do. And yeah, yeah, I think it's it's play. And I think it's a really... I mean, for me, I, I've always had it quite an underused genre of, you know, just a slight tangent. When I um, had my little one, I um, I had a very like interesting experience, you know, with the labor and it, you know, all was fine. I was always in good hands and all was well. But, you know, I ended with a C-section because she was um, obstructed. It was an obstructed labor. And um it meant I was on like a drip for oh, three days. I was like pretty much in labor for three days. Um, the drip meant I couldn't keep anything down, including like water. Um, and I was a bit delirious by the end and very weak. And when, the first night I, I was with her, I had this very intense, um, I fell asleep for 10 minutes. It must have been no more than 10 minutes, my partner said. But um, in that moment, I had such an intense nightmare um you know to do with him and her and I was trapped in the hospital I couldn't see them I couldn't get to them all that stuff yeah it was like mental and it was just that culmination of exhaustion and no food and going through that kind of trauma and um when I woke up I had this panic attack and I have only ever had one panic attack before I'm not really prone to panic attacks but it just hit me and that after I kind of digested it for a while, I really wanted to make that into a short horror because it was a horror, but also a horror with a quite a positive ending. Mm-hmm. And it essentially was more about that surrender of like surrendering to almost the chaos of, of what that is. Um, so I think horror now for me, I'm like, oh, this is so much I can explore with this, like with these kind of experiences. And it doesn't have to be all like gore and scary, like, you know, monsters jumping out at you and stuff like that. It's much more can be very psychological. And um, yeah, so like that, that really kind of kickstarted something in me where I was like, oh, I love this genre and I never really appreciated it so much before. And um, especially as someone who who is not the best at watching horror films you know <laughs> I will be hiding behind things for most of the film Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and even though I'm like oh it's, it's the tension it's the tension that builds up when I, I cannot deal with it <laughs> um but afterwards you always feel like you've like run a marathon you're like I did that I made that <laughs> I got through the other side so um yeah so anyway what I'm saying is is um it's what definitely a genre that I want to explore more yeah. in my own writing and creating and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for sharing that. And I think it's so important. Like, and I can't imagine how you felt like waking up from that nightmare, like, you know, Aye. hungry and emotional <laughs> and exhausted yeah. and just that, you know, the, the whole process of growing a human being and, mm-hmm. um, and then her being there, um, and the trauma of birth and you know I've noticed um just from women that I know recently who who happen to be in the industry and are sharing their kind of birthing stories um 
And I think it's so vital because we have this idea as a society that being pregnant is amazing and the birth part of it is amazing and everything's a joy. And we don't talk about any of the hard stuff or any of that when actually that does leave, can leave trauma of lots of different forms of it for the person that has given birth. Yeah, it's it's I think that's another big reason I wanted to write a short film on it, because I was like, I don't you know, I had no experience of, of or knowledge of what you kind of build yourself up to that point of, of labor. And then that kind of weird few days, you know, when you're either still in hospital or you're coming home, you have no knowledge of what is going to happen, you know, and it's it sort of the one thing I kind of took away from it is wow like you know when where we can manage it it, that was amazing to like kind of be like our bodies do really know what they're doing obviously like I needed a bit of help but um they do generally know and it's almost like things that are thrown at you it's nothing that you actually can't handle and in that moment you're just kind of getting from one moment to the next moment and it's all broken down into these little moments and you're like you know you get through it and you get through it and you get through that next bit too and but no one really chats about it and I think you know it's for like parents you know mothers fathers any even you know caregiver that has suddenly got this new little being (laughs) around and you're not really kind of you almost like feel like shame for expressing or saying oh gosh this was challenging or you know this this was really hard I I wish you know I could have more sleep (laughs) generally um but I think it's so important it's so important to talk about those experiences because you've gone through something major and it's okay to be you know struggling with it and finding that difficult and being like wow I, I didn't expect this to be how it was um but it's like still a great thing and I've, I I'm so happy to have experienced it um but I want to I want to chat about it more you know I want to chat to people and be open and honest and about all that so yeah yeah great thank you thank you for sharing um, and so how was it being on set Mm. obviously it was a very intense set <laughs> 20 pages in a day still mm. mind blown um with a little one and obviously as you've said it's your first as well so yeah. first time mum first time back on set yeah yeah so I definitely want to preface it preface preface it with um <laughs> preface it I know right <laughs> preface it with sort of I know I'm quite lucky I have I have a partner who you know is helping me bring up a child um and he is able to take holidays at certain times you know because I if if say for example it was me just on my own I don't know how I could have done it you know generally I mean she could Graham would have been awesome and be like yeah just bring her along um <laughs> but it, it it you're not going to be able to have your head in the game you're not going to be able to focus you know um when you know there's a wee one that needs your attention all the time as well so so I was lucky, you know, I was able to, you know, give her to him for, you know, the days that I was filming um, and whatnot. But I had just stopped. I think it was the first day, the first day of filming, I had just stopped breastfeeding. 
And it was, it was really fun, like funny story, everyone. <laughs> um, so you're still leaking a bit, you know, <laughs> afterwards. And, um, you know, I was just stuffing it with all these like pads and things, you know, and you're like, oh gosh, is it just going to be like leaking everywhere? Um, so you're just sort of like, and you're getting used to your body again. Um, you know, my body had become like a bit alien to me, obviously, you know, in those nine months and, um, I was still like early enough. I think she was five months, no, six months uh, when we started filming. And um, it was, it was my first kind of attempt at being a bit more physical. And, um, you know, my scar low healed, still a little bit nippy sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're just sort of like learning to reuse that and build that strength up again. And when you're in, you know, a performer who's doing something physical, then that, in itself is a really weird experience um to kind of build what you're what you kind of you want to be back to where you were and have that energy but you're just having to do that kind of a bit more carefully um so I personally honestly had so much joy being just taking a break from being mum you know and I, I say that with no shade about it you know it's it's I think nice. that's so important um, and I'm just going to praise you for saying that oh, because I think there's a fear a lot of the time yeah. for um, primary caregivers, mothers in particular, that they're not allowed to say that actually just yeah. that break was needed and is so important. So yeah. again, thank you, Annabelle. Oh, yes, of course. I think, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's It doesn't denote or take away any love you feel for your, your child or, you know, whoever you are looking after but I I was just so thankful of having that time to myself and being Annabelle with her different hat on you know and it, it was like nice to have that kind of banter humor where you're just not worried about baby right now and you're able to kind of just be there with your friends and you know enjoy working and collaborating together get just making sure something is right and it's lovely to have that we get the adult hat back on again for a bit um yeah and I came back from filming with just so much more energy even though I was technically exhausted you know we were full on but it's like that mental energy you're you've brought the joy back in again and you're like all right I needed that like breather and um you know I can't wait for the next time I can do that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that was a lovely experience. And obviously I I missed her and I was, you know, like always like, hope she's all right. But I knew she was in good hands. So it wasn't like I was, you know, leaving her with someone I didn't know. And that obviously helped a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think the things the skills you already have as a performer like exceptional organizational skills <laughs> they go like tenfold you know when you suddenly have this like third person you're you know you're looking after this this little thing and you're um you have to be so so organized with everything every aspect and kind of you know we obviously have our family calendar now and that gets blocked up you know and blocked out so we know in advance we're like right I'm going to need you to look after the baby while I do this today um so that's great that works for us and it's really fortunate um but yeah yeah <laughs> great thank you so much for sharing um I'm super aware of time but I want to ask you um since it is our spooky season yeah. um your favorite Halloween movies 
Oh, that's a good one. Gosh, I have to remember what my, my favorite Halloween movies are. I think it's maybe not like super Halloween-y and it's not even super scary, but Beetlejuice has always had a, a thing in my heart. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think interestingly when I first saw Beetlejuice I was far too young to see it even though it's not like a terrifying but I I think I snuck in a bit did you I have think, something similar I, I think most yeah. of us of a similar as yeah. a similar age have that experience we probably saw it a little bit too young but ego. exactly and I, I think I did have a few nightmares afterwards of like you know their their faces morphing into weird fate um, I think that stuck with me for a long time as a child oh sorry big of dings um <laughs> so that's definitely up there and um oh, I don't know I think that's probably my main one but I'm just so open now to experiencing slightly scarier films um not on my own though um I think another classic would be The Ring as well um that that was a big one as well that kind of formative thing I saw it in the cinema when it came out you know the American version of course but um that was quite a formative scary film that definitely stayed with me for a long time <laughs> in my nightmares <laughs> I've actually never watched it because I am a big scaredy cat yeah and we talk about this a lot so yes but Beetlejuice absolutely I re-watched Beetlejuice last year um and kind of just had to kind of go because it's so misogynistic I know and I was like oh god but like I find that so much now like as an adult like watching things that I loved when I was younger and going oh wow wow okay "Mm." I'm just going to park that though so that I can still (laughs) keep that part of me that loves it and just like yeah Um, yeah Adam's family for me is like absolute that's a classic one too yeah Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams is peak. It is. <laughs> it is peak. Um, and our final question, Annabelle Logan, what does persistent and nasty mean to you? Oh, I'm going to take a pause. Let's have a think. <laughs> and it can be anything. It can be a negative thing. It can be anything, whatever you feel. I would say for me, persistence is that that feeling inside of you that you're all you're always going to be moving forward you're you're and you're not gonna I think it's something over time I've learned where you're not waiting on someone else to tell you that you can do something and you're good enough to do something and um you are persistent you have to keep just moving forward and learning from that all the time and um what does nasty mean to me I just think nasty is it's such a fascinating word to use. And I think as someone that, um, when I think of being a child again, there is definitely like these kind of words that I would have found very upsetting and hurtful and, you know, being called nasty for me as a child, that would have been on the same level as being called disgusting. Um, and it's so, it's so empowering to actually be able to turn up and say, in that way yeah fine I'm nasty and it takes away this this feeling of being um I don't say just repressed but feeling of um just not holding your own and holding your space I think that's so important is just um standing there owning your space and 
feeling good to be in your space and happy to be in your space. And that's something I learned every single day still. Like even when I'm walking down the street, I have a tendency to be the one that will move out the way that will always shuffle around someone and say sorry and it's taken me so long consciously to say why am I moving <laughs> so keep walking forward and it's a fun experiment to see what happens when you just you don't move out of the way for someone and uh, it it gives you a good sense of power oh my god I love it I love it <laughs> Um, Annabelle thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today it's been an absolute pleasure absolute joy and um, for everyone who's interested Annabelle's first um, horror movie was called is called Death of a Vlogger and it is available on Amazon Prime and uh, in the UK and Hulu in the US I believe so and, and also Spain Yes. So if you're in Spain and you fancy having a watch. <laughs> well, we do actually have listeners in Spain. That's so awesome. Yeah. There you so, go. Yeah, have a so Google. Have a yeah, have a Google it and give it a watch. Um, thank you so much again, Annabelle. Such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much, Elaine. It was so much fun. <laughs> no problem. And until next time, lovely listeners. Stay, stay nasty. nasty. Yeah.